0: All right, guys, let's get rolling. Week one of the Big 12 football season is in the books. I'm Pete Mundo. We're heartlandcollegesports.com. And we continue to do a great job uh, with your traffic on the website. And this right now is on Facebook Live, Instagram Live. And we apologize for those of you who are joining us live on Facebook. We had no audio there. So please leave us a quick comment and make sure the audio is working. I don't want to be in that situation again. Of course, this will be up on the podcast. For those of you who are members of the podcast, uh, definitely be sure to leave us a rating, review, subscribe to the podcast, and we'll be sure to get you a free Heartland College Sports cozy. So leave me a quick note there on Facebook and make sure that the audio is working. I fixed that problem right out of the gate. So apologize for the reset here. But you know what? Overall, I'd say it's a a B-plus weekend for the Big 12 Conference is what I'll give this league. And oh, am I still missing sound? Tell me on Facebook Live. Am I still missing sound? I've got a new studio set up here. This is what happens. You get a brand new. Oh, you do. Okay. You guys do hear me. Great. All right. Fantastic. So we're good to go on the sound. Thank you very much. All right. Let's start off. I'm going to do this in order of what I thought were the top storylines in the Big 12 on Friday and Saturday, because we had one game on uh, Saturday or Friday night. That was Kansas beating South Dakota. KU winning a football game for the first time in 677 days. How about that? But the top storyline to me is Kansas State, the Wildcats, going down to Jerry World and rolling, absolutely rolling, over Stanford 24-7. And with the backdrop of all this was the Pac-12 telling the Big 12 here in the last couple of weeks, you know, you're not good enough for us. You're not. You're not good enough for us. None of your other eight institutions are good enough for us. So guess what? K-State, which is, you know, a middle tier this season, most people would predict a middle tier Big 12 team, went out there, and they absolutely rolled them. They rolled one of the premier programs in the Pac-12 over the last decade or so. Now, I get it. Stanford doesn't know who its quarterback is going to be. But to me, this was a win not just for Kansas State. This was a win for the other eight teams in the Big 12 who on national TV watched one of these programs who's not from a big, sexy TV market like Los Angeles, flood jury world in a sea of purple, and then on the field completely crush a premier program out of the Pac-12 in Stanford. And this is not a K-State team. Maybe this will be proven differently by the end of the season, but this is not a K-State team that people are projecting to be, you know, near the top of the Big 12 standings this year. Let's be honest. So uh, the fact that they did it on a national stage against the team they did it against and showed up, by the way, great job by the K-State fan base showing up. I mean, UCLA fans can't show up to the season opener last week. K-State fans traveled, and the big excuse for UCLA was, oh, I mean, the the stadium's not on campus. It's like an hour to hour, half away. K-State fans traveled eight hours down to Dallas and had a better showing than UCLA did at its home stadium in week one. So get lost with that. But this was a a good, good showing for K-State, a good showing for the Big 12. And Uh, Your questions on Instagram Live, I had one from Alex here who asked, what is the new ceiling for K-State? I don't think the ceiling for K-State has changed drastically. I mean, I still thought at best, they're the fourth best team in the Big 12. They're in that four to eight range. Uh, Based on what I saw yesterday, I certainly don't think they're the seventh or eighth best team in the Big 12, and I would say they're probably four to six. The floor has come up based on what I saw yesterday for Kansas State. Third's not, you know, you could talk me into this being the third best team in the Big 12, but I just want to see more right now before we go any further. So that's kind of where I'm at uh, with this team. But very, very pumped to see this Kansas State program with Skylar Thompson uh, leading the way, play the game that they did yesterday. And, and I had questions about the defense. And yes, the Stanford quarterbacks missed a lot of throws. But overall, I thought the defense played pretty well out of the gates for Kansas State. So that was a big game, not just for the Wildcats but also for uh, the Big 12 in general. As we go through the top storylines coming out of Week One, and we'll talk about every single team. I next want to go to the Oklahoma Sooners, who hung on against Tulane, 40 to 35. They got the win. That's all that matters. They were a 32 point favorite in this game. They were down 14 to 7 at one point. They were up what? 37 to 14. They got outscored in the second half 21 to 3. That was as bad of a performance against a winnable team, against a, a you know, a lesser tier conference team that I've seen Lincoln Riley coach during his time in Norman. I couldn't think one off the top of my head that was worse than that. All right? I, I, I just couldn't. Um, as Bart puts on Facebook Live, the Oklahoma team needs to be reminded, or the Oklahoma team's, good point, both of them, need to be reminded there are two halves to a football game. They both ghosted the second half. Like, I, I'm not freaking out about this for Lincoln Riley or this Sooners team. All right? I, I'm really not. Um, I'm not sitting here and saying, oh, my goodness, uh, Oklahoma's, you know, on the rocks. They, they still are the favorites in the Big 12 especially based on what Iowa State did yesterday, let's be honest, all right? Um, but that was a really poor performance. And for all, it's almost like the, the team bought into some of its hype, you know? Like Spencer Rattler did, the defense did. And, and, you know, what's interesting is the offensive line may need more work there in Norman than some of us realized, all right? Th- that, that offensive line may need quite a bit of work by OU standards, based on how good that line has been in the last several years. Because they were not what you typically see from an Oklahoma offensive line. It just it, it was not up to snuff. It was not what we've come to expect from this program up front. And the defense sure had its moments. But then they also had a lot of leaky moments. At times it was like, all right, is this the Alex Grinch defense of the second half of last year? Or is this the Mike Stoops defense from three, four years ago? That's, it it kind of just depended on the series when it comes to what this team looked like. So it, I, But I'm not, I'm not saying the sky is falling. Now, with what Alabama did against Miami and with what Georgia did against Clemson, do I think Oklahoma is the second best team in the country right now? No. I, I, there's, you can't possibly say that after the games that played out yesterday. You just can't but I'm going to overreact and say that this team still can't win the Big 12 and play in the college football playoff and maybe win a game in a college football playoff? No, I don't think that's – I think that's still a, a legitimate conversation to have. I do. All right? Then uh, from there, other top storylines, and we're going to talk about every game. Don't worry. But Iowa State, I mean, 16-10 win over Northern Iowa. Can you, can you just – I mean, I, I love Matt Campbell. People call me an Iowa State homer all the time. I don't think that's fair. I don't think it's true. I think I fairly, you know, analyze each of these teams in the conference. But if there's a critique for Matt Campbell, can you not be in a dogfight in week one against an FCS opponent? Is that too much to ask for this program and for this team? My goodness. It's like, you know, if Iowa State could just schedule a bye in week one, all right? Forget the buy in October. Schedule a Week One buy because they stink in Week One every single year. They stink in Week One, and it's funny because I asked Matt Campbell about slow starts down at Big Twelve Media Days, and he took the blame for it. Now they got out of there with a win. If they do what they're supposed to do this year, it's it's not really going to impact them. But I, I mean, let's let's be honest. If it's a toss up. In the college football playoff selection committee between Iowa State and somebody else, and all else is equal, a six-point win over FCS Northern Iowa just doesn't help the cause. Now, Charlie Kohler wasn't playing, and it seems like, you know, same thing last year when Charlie Kohler's out. I mean, the offense just can't operate is how it appears. I know it was very vanilla yesterday as well for Iowa State. You know, you're playing Iowa this weekend, so you don't want to show your hand too much. But I, I don't care how vanilla you are. If you're a top 10 team in the country, you should be able to score more than 16 points against your in-state FCS opponents. And it shouldn't be a dogfight. And I got to give Sage Rosenfels a hard time. He was the color commentator in that game. And I'm watching multiple games. So I wasn't listening to a lot of the games because I'm watching a lot. And I didn't know it was Sage, from what I was told on social media after the fact, it was Sage, the former Iowa State quarterback who was color commentator for this game on ESPN+. And going into halftime, he says, geez, uh, yeah, you know, we knew it'd be a dogfight. Both teams knew it'd be a dogfight when it was 13-10 Iowa State. Uh, no, Sage, no, no. Y- you've got a top 10 program in Iowa State right now. Stop with the, well, we knew it'd be a dogfight. And people tweeted at me, look at the series history. It's always a dogfight. Stop with the dogfight. This isn't your father's Iowa State. This isn't Iowa State of five years ago. All right, it's a top 10 team this year. Stop, well, wait, look at the series. We knew it would be a dogfight. They always play them tough. Yeah, when Iowa State sucked, they play them tough. Uh, This team's got Heisman contenders, top defense in the Big 12, uh, you know, college football playoff potential. Stop with the series history garbage. I mean, it was a bad performance. Bad, bad performance. And once again, it's not changing what I think Iowa State can be this year. I still think they can be, and we'll play for a Big 12 championship game. But, my goodness. I mean, if you're an Iowa State fan, you're probably like, can I not have a heart attack week one against a really crappy opponent? Like, is that too much to ask? It shouldn't be, but... Apparently it is. And no one's going to trade what Matt Campbell's done there for anything, despite these slow starts in week one. But it's like, do I need this heart attack? Really? Do I need it? I don't think I do. Uh, On Instagram Live, Pete, can we be honest? OU and Iowa State don't belong in the top 10. I know it's the first game, but they don't deserve to be ranked 2 and 7, respectively. I'm not going to go there yet. I, I, I am not. I mean, did you see how many FCS? There were a couple of FCS upsets in week one yesterday, right? I mean, like Washington, twentieth team in the country lost. Georgia Tech lost to an FCS opponent. Vanderbilt. So now I know that those are not Oklahoma and Iowa State, but still, I'm, I'm, I still think these two teams can very much compete for a college football playoff this year. I, I absolutely believe that. So I am not, I'm not selling them yet. But it's it's fair to be frustrated and disappointed with them for sure. No doubt about that. All right, let's uh. Go to, excuse me, West Virginia. Oh, Ugh. 30 24 loss to Maryland. Now, I, put, I picked the Terps plus three, by the way, in this game. And our picks against the spread went three and three yesterday. So a 500 start. I picked the Terps plus three. Jared Dagey's done. All right. I mean, Jared Dagey is not cutting it anymore, a quarterback. I heard all this hype this offseason about how Jared Dagey had turned the corner for West Virginia and things were going to be different for the Mountaineers. And he's cut all this body fat and blah, blah, blah. He's a statue. He's a statue. And yes, his wide receivers didn't help his cause. Sam James picked up right where he left off last year, dropping passes all over the field. Okay. But still. The West Virginia Mountaineers need to look at Garrett Green seriously. Seriously. As their starting quarterback going forward. That's why I didn't pick West Virginia to finish higher than I did. Because I thought Jared Daigie's ceiling was low. And he held him back. And he held him back yesterday. And the offensive line needs some work. And and Daigie is, is just not capable of giving you what you need with mobility in that pocket, with that offensive line right now. He's just not. And, I, you know, I didn't see the progression last year that I wanted to see from 2019 when he came on late and played well. But I certainly didn't see it yesterday. Didn't come close to seeing it yesterday. And I wanted to, and I was optimistic I would. And I was hoping I would. But to score three points in the second half against Maryland, who, yes, had a good defensive line, which is one of the things I was worried about, that that offensive, that that defensive line would give West Virginia quite a bit of trouble. And it did at times. But, you know, they were up at halftime. I thought, okay, they got a one point lead at halftime. They can get this one down and figure this thing out. But they just couldn't. And four turnovers are killer. Absolutely killer. And Letty Brown, I mean, he did what he what he could do, but his fumble there in that second half was a game-changer. And for a veteran leader on this team, on the road, you can't lose the turnover battle 4-zip and expect to win against a Power 5 opponent. You just can't do it. So th- that one yesterday is on Neil Brown as a result. It's also on Jared Dagey and, you know, uh, other players as well. But when you're the two faces and the two leaders – It's fair to call you guys out as the uh, critique, the big critique of what went wrong yesterday for West Virginia. And that's why, and by the way, this defense is not last year's defense, all right? A lot of pieces gone from that defense that was one of the best and not just the Big 12 but the country. They cannot rely on that defense to carry them like they did last year, which means the offense has to step up. And it didn't like it needed to yesterday. It just didn't. So that was a disappointment, no doubt about it, for the Big 12 in uh, yesterday's game. Meantime, uh, a lot of people asking about TCU. Is TCU a top 25 team? Well, I mean, they played Duquesne, but I felt that TCU was the third best team in this league since before the season. Like, my picks in order were Oklahoma, Iowa State, TCU. So yes, TCU rolled over Duquesne, but it was Duquesne. So I didn't watch a ton of this game. But... But, yes, am I, am I high on TCU? Absolutely. Did anything yesterday change it for me? No. I mean, did beating Duquesne by 42 points make me feel better about TCU? Not really. No, uh, it didn't because they did what they were supposed to do. But, yes, I'm still high on TCU, and I believe that these, um, that these Horton Frogs are going to be heard from by the end of the Big 12 football season, no doubt about it. Now, Texas Tech, speaking of teams that made the adjustment that some people couldn't. And before we get to them, let me remind you that if you have not jumped on board with our friends at MyBookie.com, you need to do it right now. Use our promo code BIG12, that's BIG12, and you get a 100% sign-up bonus. They double your money, is what they do, for the first time sign-up. So you go to MyBookie, sign up, use the promo code BIG12, BIG12, and they double your first deposit. So our picks went 3 and 3 yesterday as I noted and my bookie will take complete care of you. They got every line that you know you could possibly look for. The NFL's coming up this weekend as well. So get in right now with our friends at mybookie.com and use our promo code big12. It's a great way to support this site, support this show, keeps us going, uh, allows us to create more content and do more work for you guys as well. So I appreciate you guys checking them out and and putting all your picks through mybookie.com. I've been doing it for several years, and I I love their format, love their interface, and they've been very, very good partners of this show and this website. So hope you guys will give them a serious look as the college football season continues and the NFL season starts this weekend. So a team that made the adjustments, Texas Tech. Tech was down 14-0 at halftime to Houston down at uh, NRG Stadium. And ever since Patrick Mahomes... There has not been a quarterback where you said to yourself at Texas Tech, boy, this guy can dig us out of a hole. Maybe Alan Bowman his freshman year under Cliff Kingsbury, but he was never the same after the injury. Tyler Shuck can, can be that guy and looks like he is capable of being that guy. All right? I mean, that's, that's something that I looked at and I said to myself, this, this dude's the real deal. Now, does that mean they're going to win um, six, seven Big 12 games? I can't go there yet, but what I can do is sit here and say the program's in as good of a shape as it's been because, because of Tyler Shuck and because of what that offense brings to the table and the swagger that he has, the confidence that he has. So Tech was down 14 nothing to Dana Holgerson, who's just as big a tool as he was when he was on the sidelines at West Virginia. I mean, he is just, just a goober is what Dana Holgerson is. There's no other way to put it. All right, the guy is a goober. He was trolling Tech this week. We're going to wreck Tech, he said. Well, Houston was up 14-zip. And then in the second half, after Tech was trailing 21-14 at halftime, Tech outscored Houston 31-zip. That defense played pretty well, by the way. And I thought so in my picks this week. I said, hey, this Texas Tech defense might be sneaky good. All right? It might be sneaky good, and people might not be giving it enough credit. Well, uh, you know. Collin Schooler and the other Rico Jeffers, the pick six, they were solid. They were very, very solid on that side of the ball once they settled in. It was a disaster first quarter because Tech's offense didn't touch the ball until late in the first quarter, which was embarrassing. They lost the onside kick after Houston scored a touchdown. So it was a bad look all around from that perspective. But Matt Wells' guys did rally, and they rallied for him, which I thought was important. And I believe that Texas Tech is is going to be heard from. Not that they're, you know, if they get bowling, that's a good season for the Red Raiders. And that will show improvement for Matt Wells, which is what he really needs right now in year three. Uh, the Texas Longhorns beating Louisiana, top 25 matchup, 38-18. to 18. So this game was interesting because we saw Hudson Card for the first time. He played well, threw a touchdown, rushed for a touchdown, the defense looked solid, but but to me the story was Steve Sarkeesian, new head coach, new quarterback Bijan Robinson had 177 yards from scrimmage, I believe it was, and overall uh, this team looked very solid, very solid. Most importantly, the biggest problem that Texas had under Tom Herman is they played up and down the competition, right? Biggest problem they had, so. It was, and, and Texas fans were infuriated by that. I mean, they'd have a tough time against fill in the blank, Texas Tech, and then they play Oklahoma to four overtimes. Like that, that's not how this is supposed to go. Well, step number one for Steve Sarkeesian is beating the teams you're supposed to beat. That's it, and that's what he did in that twenty point win over Louisiana. And I'll add this as well. You know, we thought that maybe Casey Thompson might get more meaningful snaps than he got because Steve Sarkeesian is the one who said, hey, uh, you know, we are going to play both guys. They're both going to play. Hudson Card and Casey Thompson will both play at quarterback. Uh, Thompson got junk time is basically what he got. This is clearly, clearly Hudson Card's team. There's no doubt about it. This is Hudson Card's team. And there's no ifs, ands, or buts on who else is in control of this team right now, a quarterback. And I don't think any serious reevaluation is going to be happening anytime soon. I I would be shocked, absolutely shocked, if there was any change there going forward, which means Casey Thompson probably may end up transferring, which tells you, by the way, how much confidence Steve Sarkeesian has in Hudson Card because the safe play would have been to start Thompson knowing that he may transfer if he doesn't get the job. He started Carr, the redshirt freshman, and Thompson is probably on his way out if I were a betting man right now. But Texas did um, take care of itself. Now, the three games I haven't talked about, uh, Baylor, Texas State, Oklahoma State, Missouri State, and Kansas, South Dakota. So last night, Saturday night, uh, Baylor and Oklahoma State were playing the same time as Texas Tech and TCU. That was a wild uh, time to try to keep track of all these games. And we found out, we'll start with Oklahoma State, where we found out the Cowboys were not going to have Spencer Sanders at quarterback because he was under COVID-19 protocol. Shane Illingworth played and it looked like everything was going fine. I mean it was 20 to 3 at halftime. And then the wheels completely fell off for the Cowboys. I it just once again just like Oklahoma, guys, there's two halves of football here. All right? There's two halves of football. You got to realize that. <coughs> excuse me, I'm still getting over a little bit of a cold, which you can uh, (coughs) obviously tell. But in this game, um, first, I want to see Spencer Sanders back. This offensive line for Mike Gundy was not good. That's the biggest takeaway for me. This offensive line is not good. And there's apparently some injuries on defense as well, Trace Ford and some others. So, I wouldn't be feeling great if I'm an Oklahoma State fan right now and they've got Tulsa and Boise State coming up here in the non-conference I, I mean they they'll be favored in both games but neither games are cakewalks so you can't play if you're Mike Gundy your team cannot play the game it played against Missouri State and get out of there with a win especially not in the second half you just it, it can't you can't do it so I, I'm looking forward to big games for Oklahoma State this week, and I hope that they'll be able to pull it off. Uh, Baylor, Texas State. So I caught some of this game as well, but my big takeaway from the Baylor game was how horrible the broadcast sounded on ESPN+. One of the reasons I didn't watch a lot of it is because I couldn't listen to the game. I mean, it sounded like it was being done out of a tin can. It was terrible. Done out of a tin can by like you know a couple of high school guys. I did high school football broadcast in Follett, Texas, for those of you that know where that is, up in the panhandle of Texas. That sounded better than that game did. That was six-man high school football. That was em- embarrassment for ESPN Plus and their product that that's what they're putting out there. It sounded like junk. So uh, do you feel great about Gary Bohannon uh, at quarterback? Uh, not great. I mean, he threw for what? 150 yards he was like 15 to 24 15 to 25 somewhere like that what you do feel good about is your rushing game you rush for 250 yards as a team led by Tristan Ebner who had 120 on the ground so that's where you feel good about things but still it's Texas State so what does that exactly mean Uh, remains to be seen but uh, the defense had its moments I thought it'd be better than it was I know they gave up that late touchdown and maybe it wasn't all that meaningful in terms of where things were at in that ball game, but still, uh, they made it a one-score game at that time and and it meant something. And I thought the defense didn't have a great stand there on that last Texas State offensive drive. So I, this team is still, you know, I got to see more to, to believe that Baylor's going to make any serious jump in the Big 12 Conference this year, but they can do it. If that running game in Bohannon picks things up and, and the defense continues to grow under Dave Aranda, they can do it. And then last but not least, let's go to Friday night. Kansas winning a football game for the first time in 677 days. But who's counting? Who's counting, baby? They get it done against South Dakota, 17-14. to 14. Now, you come into this game thinking there's still a long, long road, long road for this program under Lance Leipold. But the intangibles were there. They had a fight that I don't know if this team would have had under Les Miles, you know, just based on watching this program and watching this team do its thing. I don't know if they would have had that kind of a fight that they, that they showed in this game, to their credit, that they showed in this game. All right? So I, I, I try to find the positives. I try to find, you know, uh, things that will... Make Kansas fans feel like they're going to, you know, have something to show for this season and going forward. But don't forget, you know, this KU team was down, what, 14 to 10 in the fourth quarter against South Dakota. I think a couple of the last few KU teams would have totally checked out. This team didn't. They came back, they got the win. And for the Big 12, that's important. You know, you don't want to be losing to FCS opponents. In fact, the Big 12 was the only Power 5 that didn't lose to an FCS school or a Group of 5 school this weekend. So that's just some here. The only loss in the Big 12 was West Virginia to Maryland, which, of course, is a Power 5 program. So just, you know, one week at a time, a little optimism for KU. And if you bet KU over one win, know this, all right, know this much, that you've at least gotten a push on the over-under for Kansas football wins this year, All right. <laughs> All right, let me dive into some of your comments, questions, and concerns. We're on Facebook Live. We're on Instagram Live as well. Let's kind of catch up here and see what I missed. Uh, Someone asking about games next week. We'll do all the games next week. you got to get on our podcast. We'll pick games next week. Baylor, let's see. Uh, Pete, right with you on the Baylor broadcast. Baylor needs to improve on penalties, finish drives better on offense. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Uh, Texas Tech did what West Virginia could not do. Adjust. That's exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, you and I always play Iowa State tight. They're Iowa kids. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. I don't care that they're Iowa kids. They're FCS kids against the top 10 team in the country. None of that matters. I'm sorry. Uh, what do you think about Cyhawk Hawk next week? I haven't picked that game yet. But yes, college game day is going to be at Iowa State-Iowa in Ames next week, all right? So that's going to be pretty great stuff. I love to see Ames on national TV. I love to see the other eight on national TV, by the way. That's going to be a really good scene. So I'm, I'm pumped for that next Saturday morning. So once again, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and then also YouTube. This will be up on YouTube after the show. All right, so we're going to get it up there. And on the podcast, leave us that rating, review, subscribe, and we'll get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie when you leave me a rating and a review on the podcast and then send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. The koozies are coming your way. We're over 500 ratings on iTunes because of you guys. Thanks so much, and be sure to deposit and check out our friends at MyBookie, where they will double- Double your sign up bonus with our promo code, Big 12. That's Big One Two, to double your sign up bonus and start betting on the Big 12 games and NFL games this weekend. You guys have a great rest of your long weekend. Happy Labor Day weekend. And we'll talk to you soon on the podcast this week. Take care, guys.